0: Good evening, Dennis.
1: Balls in my court, and I'm going back to um to teenage Dennis on this one, on a quote that I discovered Ooh. when I was um in a much more impressionable age, which is why it's a little on the uh if you're on the pop culture pop culture side, this is on the on the douchier side. Um uh, I was a big fan of the unexamined life is not worth living, which is an old Socrates quote who my I, I'm still a
0: fan of that, by the way.
1: I like it too, but I don't think I picked it for great reasons at the time. <laughs> um socrates picked it because he was had to choose between death and exile in court and he chose death because he thought you know not being able to participate in society and philosophy was more was was a fate worse than death but i'm curious on what your take is today um on how that you know how that relates to the way we observe the world around us maybe some introspection things like that
0: oh jesus uh you want to go with the socratic quote here so I mean, this is like hours and hours. This is it's a lifetime big one. There's books about this, right? The unexamined life is not worth living. The... At the heart of the Socratic dialogue is the idea that we need to ask ourselves questions. Mm-hmm. And of course, the reason they killed Socrates is he asked himself a lot of questions and they walked around ancient Greece and he got in your face and asked you a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. The impetus being that he didn't feel others quite correctly examine their lives yep and i have no doubt no doubt that he would feel the same way about modern life now i think a lot of people would come here and say well even more so i'm not sure about that it's different right it's
1: tricky because the average person now is so much more educated than the average person was even we didn't have to go back to ancient greece even 50 years ago 60 years ago you know but the quality of average information is much lower, I would say, you know, yeah. in the information age, mm-hmm. Twitter is not the same as going to the library and reading a book. Now, the fact that you and I, if we don't know off the top of our heads what year, you know, Socrates roughly died, we can find that out. I don't have to drive to a library and look up a reference book to do it. That's amazing. But the problem is that the way the Internet the internet works, the way social media works is all information is kind of given equal platform regardless of its truth or validity. And yeah. there was no signal noise ratio really back then.
0: Yeah, I, I, I suspect, I, I agree that that's true. I suspect we overblow it a little bit. Every generation exactly. has its Kardashians, okay? And I think it's really important to keep that in mind. Every generation has celebrities um, and we're all victims to noise. I mean, Abraham Lincoln's one of the greatest presidents... In the history of the United States of America. Do you know what Abraham Lincoln's hometown was? I do not. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say most Americans, and if you're yes. listening to this, be honest, don't know what it is. Do you know what the hometown for um, Bart Simpson is? I do.
1: <laughs> That's not even a real person.
0: Well, guess what? They hail from the same town in name only. Both are from Springfield.
1: Is he from Springfield, so, Ohio? There's like 15 Springfields in the U.S.
0: But everybody knows where the Simpsons are from. Nobody yeah. knows where Abraham Lincoln's from.
1: That's interesting. So yeah. that noise
0: is there. That information is there. Information is information in our brain. At its naked, unvarnished level, mm-hmm. it can't really differentiate what's more important: where Abraham Lincoln's from, where Homer Simpson's from. And it's not about that. That's a game of memory. When Socrates died, where Abraham? That's just a game of memory. That's, that's a game true. Of there's, no, memory. there's no. There's Who no. There's no
1: insight there. Right? Yeah.
0: The insight Socrates is talking about is why. Why? Why do you know that? Mm -hmm. Why is that information important to you? Now, where that gets dispelled and where Socrates was literally killed is the human condition is to justify things always. We always get defensive. We have to work at not being defensive. And so did Socrates care necessarily why you valued... Bart Simpson's hometown versus Abraham Lincoln's hometown. I think Socrates is a bit of a judgmental ass. So he probably did. But on its face, this notion of the unexamined life not being worth living. He cares more that
1: you care, I think, is, is, is the impetus, right? He cares more that well, you care where you got that information from.
0: Right. He, he Well, he cares more that you know sure. why you have that information. And what happens is... This process was known as the elenchus, right? The, the mm. process of the Socratic dialogue was the elenchus: question, 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 breakdown. At a certain it's point, you that's, say, what,
1: that's what that's what children do, right? Yes. W- why is the sky blue? Oh, because of refraction. Okay, but why? Oh, because that's the way this works. Okay, but why? That, that's a very that sort of hungry curiosity is very childlike, and you kind of get that beaten out of you as you grow up. Oh, One million percent. It's annoying. It's annoying.
0: (laughs) annoying. We tolerate in children, we kill adults. We force them to drink hemlock when they do that on the the street. Um, The other thing that I think the Socratic dialogue reveals is the unexamined life is the human condition. Mm -hmm. It is. We do these things and we live life without asking our questions, why? Why am I doing this job? I hate it. Why do I wake up early to do this? I hate it. Like why humans, am I craved, this
1: humans crave pattern and rhythm. It's very, very easy to get something to doing things because you've done them in the past. Like that is a very powerful internal justification for action. And it's it, like you said, it's hard. It's very challenging to pump the brakes and go, hang on. Why am I actually doing this? What? Yeah. And it, it, it from everything from like being in a dead end job to being in a relationship, not enjoying it, to trying to quit smoking anything that runs the gamut. If you try and, you know, people do tend to fall into these patterns and try not to examine it, not to think about it and just kind of run on autopilot.
0: I don't even think they're trying not to examine it. They just don't. That's the thing about this idea of an examined versus unexamined Mm -hmm. life. The default is unexamined. You don't have to try to fall into these patterns and not think about things. That is what we do.
1: Well that's that a, it's human. it's protection it's a, it's a survival mechanism right patterns patterns are familiar patterns are predictable patterns are recognizable there's safety mm-hmm. in that there's safety in you know the further you steer yourself from chaos the less likely you already get hurt the less likely you already get shocked or upset and it, you know it's very natural for humans to want to to you know push themselves towards order
0: and this is where civilization and and growing in the information age <laughs> is a massive disservice because the more we layer on the complexities of a modern life, even at the time of Socrates, so even in ancient Greece, um, the more and more the space to examine our lives exists and the tendency to not examine our lives exists. Look, I don't think Tommy and Tuppence, my two dogs, are running around examining their life.
1: Mm-hmm. They want
0: food. They want to go out. And I don't think they want to do much more than that in terms of examining their life. They want but The same, to, of the course, same is
1: true. but it's okay. The same is even truer of two wild dogs, right? Yes. Tommy and Tuppence at least have the security and the safety to, if they so chose, have the time to do that, right? And that wasn't necessarily true for a lot of people pre industrial revolution, right? For
0: people. And one of the other key things that I think that you could take away from the Socratic dialogue and the life and journey of Socrates is even in the most miserable, unhappy conditions. And this kind of veers I shouldn't lay this at Socrates' feet. Examining your life hopefully leads you to that thread because the ultimate answer in the Socratic dialogue, I think is um, happiness. Mm-hmm. I think Socrates, when you boil it all the way down, would have said, look, the real meaning of life is the pursuit of happiness. I think that's, you know, do what makes you happy. Do it unabashedly. Stop getting so defensive about it. If your answer is, yeah, I know where uh, Bart Simpson's from because I love the Simpsons. I love animation. I really, I I see myself in it. I see Americana in it. I see my culture in it. There's so much that's reflected in me when I enjoy this show. So let me freaking enjoy it, dude. I think he would have been satisfied with that. He may have said hey, I think you should be doing more with your life. I said, well, yeah, you know what, buddy? I think you should be doing more with yours. Get out of my face.
1: Yeah, fair enough. That's okay.
0: But the idea of not being defensive about it, of really examining your life, not being defensive and being happy, being happy with the choices you've made, that you've chosen to know more about Bart Simpson than Abraham Lincoln. That's Okay,
1: I don't even know if it's about being happy as much as it's about being conscious, right? And you yep. people get into this with you know with mindfulness and meditation and things like that. It is very easy to start running your life on a track mm-hmm. and not really th- and just worry about the next thing that's immediately in front of you and not take time to literally stop and smell the roses and think about, it. and look. That doesn't have to be all positive experiences. It's not wandering in some lovely English garden smelling some flowers. It can be negative experiences. It's just trying to stop and sit and understand and process your emotions and think about the world around you and how you and your actions impact other people and things like that, that takes a little bit of time and a little bit of introspection. But I think you get a massive yield for even putting in a little bit of time. that. You told me before, um, back when we worked together a long time ago, that you had tried to take time to just go outside and touch a tree every day. And I yeah, think there's an absolutely. element of that in... The unexamined life is not worth living. And it's not because you're like, wow, look at, you know, Mother Gaia and nature's majesty permeating through the earth and through me. It's not even that. It's just just a second to be like, it's nice that there are trees. So And you yeah. know, sometimes it's not nice that there's rain or whatever. But just having those thoughts rather than just pounding one foot after another into the pavement over and over and over again, that's part of it too.
0: That, that's that your notion that There's this consciousness-raising element to what Socrates is asking. I think it's a very strong value judgment from Socrates. I think that's where he found value. But ultimately, with this question, when we ask ourselves this internally, the real stopping point, I think, even for Socrates, and this is obviously me reading into it thousands of years later, is it's okay that things make you happy. Um, As long as you're not hurting other people or hurting other things, and it's okay if you have guilty pleasures. Don't feel guilty about it. Just just feel pleasurable about it. But It's so why. weird to me that you,
1: you – I feel like you've boiled this down to don't yuck other people's yum,
0: basically. Well, I, I think that that's – I think with Socrates, that was a lot of the answer he was looking for. Because humans are hardwired to approach happiness. We want pleasure. We are pleasure machines. We slog through jobs we hate and lives that we hate with partners we settle for a lot Mm -hmm. of times for that hour and a half or two hours after work where we can sit down with a beer and watch a sports program. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people do that and they don't maybe understand that what they've done is narrowed all the pleasure in their life to a very small amount. They've made tons of sacrifices everywhere else because they think they need to just for that.
1: And the reason they
0: feel that way is they've never stopped and asked themselves how they've ended up where they are And why they're doing the things they're doing.
1: I feel like it's because on a very, very deep level, we're wired to like gather food and out and try and run away from like cougars and mountain lions, right? And once those things are off the table for the majority of people in Western society, I think it's easy to feel a little lost and to gravitate to these little pockets of joy and lose yourself in them.
0: Yeah, and I think that there's a – I know that there's billions and billions and billions of dollars funneled into trying to distract us and keep us distracted even from our jobs, even from our ability to make the money to put food on the table. And then because of the generational aspect of our lives, we have parents and grandparents who will pay many bills for us, and then we don't have to do anything. We sit there and eat, play video games, do all that. that that is the classic unexamined life. But way down to the minutia, the why, 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 because um, and of course, what set Socrates on this journey is he visited the Oracle at Delphi, and the Oracle at Delphi, at an early time, told Socrates that he was the wisest among men. And his comment when he left Delphi was, "You know, "All that I know is that I know nothing." This was the idea that Socrates himself was examining himself and came up with more questions than answers. He was never satisfied with just a question. Some things end in question, Socrates. I I hate to say that to you. We can examine them our whole lives and not really know the answer. Socrates Mm -hmm. was not happy about that. And so rather than continue that journey internally, he continued continued externally. He decided to ask everybody else these questions. Other people in the street. Yeah. Um, And and then, of course, I just want to, Lest anyone go around thinking this is a good way to live life, they killed him for it.
1: Yeah, that's true. It's a cautionary tale in some ways.
0: But we continue it now, even in this podcast, I had a professor who said, look, Socrates, um, All it has been said that all philosophy is a dialogue with Socrates, a dialogue with Plato, pardon me. All, all philosophy is a dialogue with Plato. Of course, Plato wrote the Socratic dialogue. Mm-hmm. Socrates didn't write anything during his lifetime. Uh, all philosophy is a dialogue with Plato, who had no one else to talk to, so he talked to himself. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so it's it's interesting. It's the birth of kind of consciousness in a lot of ways, asking ourselves why, asking others why. Ultimately, in my mind, and this is probably just me reading the Mashi values in the Socrates, the, the journey of the Elenchus is to ask yourself or to get yourself to a point where you say, I do these things to make me happy. But then asking yourself, why do they make me happy? Mm -hmm. What is it that makes me happy? And then ultimately, I think in the Socratic fashion, find those shortcuts. Do you really need to do all this or could you just do this instead?